Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Greetings, podcast listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Fanboy and the Hater. Today, we're going to watch... Tucker and Dale versus Evil. This is a real cut up of a movie. <laughs> so I think both of us, were, we watched this movie uh, a while ago, each one of us kind of separately. Today we're going to follow the same format as we did with our Spaceballs episode where we watch it and then kind of pause and talk about it as we go through the movie. And as we were just saying before we started is both of us agreed, neither one of us are horror fans. Correct. But we both like slasher movies. Correct. And I know I like slasher movies because I find them hilarious. Yes. Like, even the serious ones. Like, some of my favorite movies, actually, the Friday the 13th series, is one of my favorite series just because I find it hilarious. Horror and slasher sometimes are unintentionally funny. Those are the ones I gravitate towards and like. But if it's specifically a comedy like this movie is, this is one of the few instances where I'll actually watch it. Yeah, this one definitely it plays off the comedy aspect of the slasher movie and just goes full into comedy. It's not a spoof, but it is kind of turning some of the genre on its head and yeah. making fun of or, or playing a little bit off of who normally the bad guy would be and where the bad stuff would be coming from in most right. horror slasher movies is kind of a little bit of the recurring joke that they just keep doing over and over again throughout the movie. So would you say it co takes the head completely off the slasher movies? <laughs> it may decapitate the slasher <laughs> movies. Yes. Yeah, I think this is kind of inevitably this is where slasher movies had to go because they were basically dead at this point. No pun, oh, yeah. no pun intended that time. <laughs> just because they got, they got burnt out so quickly. And that's actually one thing. Like I... Like I said, I really like the Friday the 13th movies because they weren't really trying to be funny, but they were funny. They got creative, and that's what, really what I like about it. Not to get into in-depth in there, but it was really actually Kane Hodder that played Jason in a lot of the movies where like the kills started getting really creative, mm -hmm. and that's when I really liked the movies the most. But then like Nightmare on Elm Street movies, they're okay, but they tried to be funny, and it just missed for me. I would agree with that. So that that's kind of where I'm at on those coming into this movie. What did you think about this movie before we start watching it for the second time? What did you think of this movie, generally speaking? Well, going into the movie, I had incredibly low expectations because, again, I usually don't watch much stuff in the genre. I was drawn to it more so by the actors who are in it. Mm -hmm. Alan Tudyk and Tyler Labine are two excellent character actors who I've liked in a lot of other things. They're probably people that a lot of people wouldn't recognize their names. But when you see them on the screen, oh, it's that guy. Yep. Oh, it is also that guy. Both of that guys are in this movie. <laughs> so it's yep. like, oh, I like those guys. They're usually pretty good. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. But I really was expecting to go, meh. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't expecting much. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was hilarious. I really expected it to be more on like the Evil Dead route. Yes. I, I really thought that when I when you're looking at the title... And then watching it, I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the casting's great. Oh, yeah, like a different cast, I think this movie would be terrible. Yeah. There's only one character in it that I think didn't do a great job, but I don't know if he didn't do a great job because he wasn't good or because that's what he was supposed to be doing. That happens a lot in a lot of things I've watched recently. I've seen some underwhelming performances by otherwise good actors. And I was like, I wonder if that's because that's what they were specifically asked to do. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I think it's just, it was a matter of overacting and, and I'll just say it right off. And the main bad guy at the end. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's just way overacting it, but again, that might be what he was requested of. 
for the part. Yeah, he might have been told as like, that's what we're spoofing or that's what we're kind of making fun of is that sort of over the top element that does show up in a lot of horror and slasher movies. Mm -hmm. So that might have been why he was like that and not because, yeah, he, he wasn't my favorite part of the movie. But yeah, who knows? Maybe that was because they told him what to do. I mean, to its credit, this movie is incredibly simplistic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a very complex plot. And again, they pretty much just beat the drum over and over again for the same joke. Right. It's like they just keep mining the same joke over and over and over again. But it doesn't get old. But it doesn't get old. Yeah, it stays. They do it just enough that it stays funny. Yes. Yeah. And again, the, the, the dynamic between the two male leads, the, yeah. the Tucker and Dale, is what carries the movie. Two, right. two other actors, I don't think this movie would work. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, they're good character actors. And that's you don't see the actor in, in really any of the characters that are in this movie. You don't really see the actor. Right. You see the portrayal. The only, the only actor that actually took me out of their performance is actually the female lead. Just because I kept stopping going, wow, she's gorgeous. <laughs> and that was the only thing that, that really took me out. And I almost feel bad about that because I'm like, I want to stay focused on the character because she does a fantastic job of the character. Mm-hmm. But holy crap. You know, there's 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 not a lot of actresses that really take me out of their performances like that. Margot Robbie's one that does every once in a while as well. And uh, one that I just, just kind of recently started seeing, Samara Weaving. She's, she's going to be in the new Bill and Ted movie. She almost looks like a clone of Margot Robbie. Oh, okay. The actress in this movie we're talking about is Katrina Bowden. And for me, it was, it made me think of, this is a bad comparison, Rosario Dawson in Clerks 2. Like how Kevin Smith joked that she deserved an Oscar because she made you believe (laughs) that she actually wanted to fuck that guy in Clerks 2. (laughs) Katrina Bowden actually sells the incredibly unlikely romantic angle in this movie between her and Tyler Labine. It should not work. It should not be believable at all. Yeah. But it does. I also really like that she takes what would normally be just the gorgeous lead that that's all she is, is just a typical gorgeous lead. And she's like, Oh no, I'm a psychology major and she's like really smart and really kind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, so she's just perfect all around." Okay, well, that's fun, I guess. Well, I think that's one of the meta again, sometimes I see meta layers in movies that aren't there, but I think this movie does have some meta layers. I mean, cuz they're poking fun at hillbillies being the bad guys and the college the smart people, the college kids being the good guys and that gets reversed. Plus the whole idea that the main girl would be like the hottie who's like uptight and like uh, a yeah. snob to everybody. And she's like the opposite. And she's not the dumb blonde. She's actually right. incredibly smart. So there's a lot of like role, like stereotype And the college reversals. kids are dumb. And the college kids are dumb. So yeah, there's a lot of stereotype reversals. Which, I mean, I went to college and yeah, the shoe kind of fits. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were talking off mic about something completely unrelated, but we often <laughs> talk about the difference between education and intelligence. And this movie, I think, again, that's not what the movie's about. But, I mean, you have some uneducated people who are definitely a lot, act at least in this movie, a heck of a lot smarter than the supposedly educated people. Right. <laughs> but like you said, too, like she sells that relationship, too, where she sells the fact that, okay, she's so she's so kind and smart and... and everything she sees past the superficial and just sees that hey this guy's a really really good guy and he's very kind and he's he's very smart in his own way and that is somebody i'd like to spend my life with mm-hmm. or maybe maybe i'm getting too far ahead of him mm-hmm. i would like to spend time with romantically or whatever she sells that very well yeah gives people like me hope <laughs> like i said it's one of those things where again it, it kept reminding me of rosario dawson and clerks too it's like you, it, you shouldn't believe this right but it's good enough to sell. Again, and not to give people, if you haven't seen the movie yet, why are you listening to this? (laughs) Why are you listening to this podcast? But don't mistakenly think that this is somehow a romance. We're just talking about, that's just one minor element of the movie that we just happen to be harping on because of that actress we we got off on a riff on. Because we both want that actress to be real. Well, the actress is real. That character to be real. (laughs) Yes, it would be nice if that character existed in real life. Anything else to say before we jump into the movie? Uh, I don't think so. Let's go ahead and get started. Excellent. Hey, 
podcast listeners, this is Jim with a quick editor's note. That sound that you just heard is what we're going to be using as our transition. During this episode, we're going to be watching a movie, then pausing the movie and recording a little bit before going back to watching the movie. So to try to make those transitions a little bit smoother, every time you hear that sound, that means we're about to go into talking about a new scene, such as right now. Throughout the whole beginning of this movie, the, the whole intro, I, I think the two main actors, and you got the names on I'm I'm terrible with names. Gail, who is played by Tyler Labine, and Tucker, who is played by Alan Tudyk. Both of them do such a good job throughout this entire intro that when you're first watching the movie and you're watching it, they just look incredibly creepy. It's obvious that they're the killers. But then when you know what's happening and you watch it, they just look really dumb. (laughs) They do such a good job of playing both dumb and creepy to a point that whichever way you're looking at them, it's obvious that that's what they are. That's why I was saying earlier, they're both such great character actors, including showing the importance of facial expressions in good acting. Mannerisms are a big thing on that too. Like, what are you doing with your hands? How are you walking? You know, do you slump over a little bit? Stuff like that. And both of them do a fantastic job of that. But then the other thing that I really wanted to point out on this, and again, it's my the details are what makes the movie for me. So in this the scene that that we just paused, they just went into the gas station, and the clerk is reading off to Alan Tudyk everything that he was buying and he's and it's really creepy stuff he's got you know it's you know three quarter inch nails clamps a hacksaw like just naming off all this stuff and then the last thing you hear him say is lubricated condoms <laughs> and if you know the movie the two guys are going themselves out to the woods to rebuild the cabin <laughs> And that was just kind of, I heard that and it's like, oh, we got to, I got to bring that up before I forget to say something. So it is paused it after the buddy pep talk scene of go over there and talk to the girls. What's the worst that could happen? Which I'm pretty sure all of us have had that conversation at some point. (laughs) We've been on either side of that conversation (laughs) at some point in our lives. And I like how he's going, he decides he's going to go talk to her and the one takes the shovel away from him so he doesn't have anything in his hands. And then he reaches over and grabs a sickle because that's so much better to have in your hand when you're going to talk to somebody. <laughs> and I, I also love the, the realistic pep talk. You're a good looking man, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> that's two things right there you got going for you. Plus the scene that's about to happen where uh, Alan Tudyk's last piece of advice is, whatever you say, smile and laugh while you're saying it. Yeah. I don't remember. Do you remember what it is that he says? <laughs> no, but it's going to be funny because it's it, whatever yeah. he says is going to sound. And then he just starts maniacally laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we just hit like the the sort of pivotal scene in the early movie where after we got the campfire story about the Memorial Day massacre, which is a backdrop of something that will come back around later, the abduction of one of the girls at the skinny dipping fishing hole. They can't see your air quotes. I was doing air quotes around abduction. Hey, we got your friend. (laughs) Hey, lady, are you okay? (laughs) This is, again, like if you know, at this point, you know what's going on. Yes. And just, again, the way they perform it, though, you could see why the kids are like, oh, my God, you know, because they just got that story and it's in their head and everything. They already Mm -hmm. think these guys are creepy and stalking them. And then, hey, we got your friend. Like, oh, shit, they got her. We got to get out of here before they get us, too. Right. I mean, this game, this movie plays into stereotypes very well. Like we were saying, mm-hmm. I was saying, like the meta layers. If you're real, if you're honest, if you saw those two dudes, the characters, you would be kind of freaked out by them as well in most situations. Slightly off put, probably. Slightly off put by them. And then you would think that, in the, especially in the interactions that we've seen so far, they would seem weird, 
But again, knowing even at this point in the movie, if you have only seen the movie for the first time, you already have gotten the, the impression that these two people are not, Tucker and Dale are not bad people. Right. They're just well-meaning but misunderstood, kind of creepy looking, but they're not bad folks. But like you just said, from the perspective of the kids, what they just saw at night skinny dipping, <laughs> their friend just got dragged unconscious into a boat. <laughs> and, and then the misfortunate choose choice of words of, we got your friend. Yeah. <laughs> By which, of course, he means, we rescued your friend. Come get her like we helped her. Right. And they're like, ah, run away. <laughs> but again, just the choice of wording on that, it sounds like, we got her, now we're going to get you. <laughs> So, yeah, and the, the fact that all throughout this, even at this point in the film and, and, and going forward, it's just so very well acted that it's right. it remains. I mean, again, as the movie goes on, it starts getting sillier and the overreaction of the mm -hmm. of the college kids. But at least early on, it's believable. Yeah, that they would be uh, creeped out by these guys. And it's believable that at this point they would be like, what the hell just happened? They right. just abducted our friend. And another thing I'll say about this movie, generally speaking, and as it kind of goes back to the character acting, like you were saying, mm -hmm. it looked like fun to make. Yes. And I could definitely see myself having a very good time being an actor in this movie. Oh, yeah. I was also ask, uh, joking earlier about th there was a scene when Tucker and Daryl are in the boat and they're waiting because the kids are coming to skinny dip. And I was asking, I wonder how much of that stuff was even scripted. Right. Because they were just like riffing on stuff in the boat. And like you would say, they probably were given the general idea of mm -hmm. do something with the beer to make a point. But like just kind of like talk whatever you want to talk about. So I can yeah. see them maybe doing plus there probably were plenty of times during this movie where like they had to yell cut because people were laughing. Probably. And they were like, okay, let's try that again. Yeah. And, oh, shit, someone laughed again. Let's try it again. So there were probably lots of cuts like that that ended up in the editing, them picking some things that were probably them, we're just going to riff because we just like fucked up like three or four takes because right. someone keeps laughing. Well, and there's that, that also goes into the good acting of those two. There's a lot of movies when they're, they're riffing, you can tell they're ad-libbing. Yeah. Because the character's slightly off. Mm -hmm. But there, the characters remain constant. Yeah, that's Even why... Even when I, they're ad-libbing, they're ad-libbing in character very well. And that's why I like to refer to these type these guys as character actors. They're mm -hmm. actors who actually can embody their actor, uh, the character that they're playing and stay in character the entire right. performance. Where other times you see breaks in it and it's like, oh, yeah, acting. But they yeah. really make you believe that these are... The, the characters that they're playing are are their actual personas. Makes me believe I want to watch more of this movie. I agree. So we just had the part of the movie where Allison wakes up at the cabin the next morning after she has been brought there by Tucker and Dale. And we had the two things that we were laughing about as we were doing it. The college kids, with the exception of one who runs off to drive to get the cops... You were joking about that the college kids are out there having their, like, plans of, like, oh, my God, they're, like, eating her face off and they're, like, psycho killers. You were saying the movie would be over in, like, five minutes if you were in that group. Right, because you got the one guy trying to be the leader that's, like, making the dumbest decisions, and you know me. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. I'm going to go knock on their door and we'll be fine. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like any reasonable person would have at least gone over there, knocked on the door, could have been over in a minute. But the funny thing is, is then at the other part of that scene is when Dale and Allison meet for the first time. Mm -hmm. Allison is, is initially freaked the fuck out, as you would be, because she woke up from being unconscious, wearing weird clothes in some weird cabin, not knowing where the hell she a was. A creepy run-down cabin covered in dust with a weird dog with one eye staring at yes, her. Yes, exactly. Even the dog is, like, creepy. But in the process of a very short conversation mm -hmm. oh there's a perfectly reasonable explanation he's just really awkward he's just really awkward i'm in no real danger oh it was just stupid for us to have misunderstood you guys as being creepy mm -hmm. and dangerous so there is that part of the movie where it's like yes if someone had paused for a second and had a two-minute conversation <laughs> right then there would be no movie but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was also saying that I've never felt so akin to somebody in my life 
being, you know, Dale, this gorgeous woman's like, hey, is there anything to do? He's like, well, we got some board games. She's like, what kind of board games? Drop everything. Literally, just throw everything on the floor. And the first thing he grabs is a trivia game, which <laughs> I was in our group. We, we play board games a lot. And I'm always like, hey, let's play a trivia game. No, I don't want to play a trivia game. Come on. <laughs> I love trivia games. Again, it's not a love story. But the fact that Dale and Allison have a, a believable connection mm-hmm. that Tyler Labine and, and Katrina Bowden actually do play that up. Again, it doesn't happen very often, but it's like you can, you can buy it. Yeah. And, and at this point, she's just, there's no spark. It's just that she's just being, friendly with, just being friendly with each other. She recognizes that he's just really nervous and awkward because he's attracted to her. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, this bumbling goof is a nice guy and... You know, that's that's cool. Maybe he's a cool guy to hang out with. So let's play some trivia and see where it goes. Plus, earlier in the movie, she found out how skeezy her college male friends are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Which, again, yeah. And, pretty, yeah, pretty... yeah. And exactly, if, if anyone watching this movie had a choice between who would you rather hang out with in this movie, it wouldn't be the other group of college kids. <laughs> True story. <laughs> So the first of the college kids has been killed. In the beginning of, of, once again, this movie just keeps beating on the same, the drum, beating on the drum of the same joke over and over again. So while Dale and Allison are inside the cabin playing Trivial Pursuit or a knockoff of it, Tucker is outside starting up the chainsaw to cut up some trees in the yard and he knocks loose a bunch of hornets or something. And he basically starts running around the yard with the chainsaw. <laughs> Just as one of the college kids was playing Mike, walking up to the door to knock on it to try to resolve this reasonably. <laughs> leading to a <laughs> obviously somewhat slapstick chase through the woods. Not really a chase. Tucker's just running with the chainsaw, running away from and kind of swatting at the hornets at the same time. They can't see you moving your arms around. Okay, again, yeah, I'm about to say, I'm, I'm gesticulating a lot here, as I normally do during our podcast. So, and then there's one really funny scene where our Tucker actually, while running through the woods, and, and again, the, ki- the college kid thinks he's being chased. And then at one point, they're like running side by side, and Tucker just looks over like real confused, like... The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then the kid runs right into a tree and impales himself. And a nice bit of cinematography, just as the kid's about Mm -hmm. to die, one of the hornets flies and lands on his nose. And the kid almost has like a moment of, oh, fuck, I misunderstood. (laughs) Dead. (laughs) So we're paused on on the board game and it almost looks like a version of Wit's End. Oh, that might be it. Okay, yes. I've only played that game a couple times. You guys won't fucking play it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that realization that you said there. And it, he almost starts to have that realization when he looks over and they're running. He's running next to him instead of after him. And he's like, what? Yeah, he's not. And that's when he gets impaled. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's almost like he was about to maybe stop running. It's like, this guy's not chasing me. Right. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Runs right into a, a downed tree and basically impales himself. Yeah, on a chest. branch. Yeah. Quite literally, we just had the scene that just basically touched on the thing that we said in the opening about the difference between education and intelligence. Because while playing the trivia game, Dale shows off that he has an incredible memory and can remember trivia question answers, but he says he's dumb as a rock otherwise, and he had trouble even getting past the third grade. And Allison says, there's a difference between education and intellect. Which, again, I'm not, I don't really come off as very bright most of the time, but kind of the same thing. We play a trivia game. I always say I, I almost never win trivia games because I know everybody else's answers. I just never know my own. But same kind of thing. Like, I know the answers to a lot of stuff. I have a lot of information in there. I just come off as an idiot because I just can't think of it off the top of my head. And in that same scene, not only does Allison say that, you know, there's a difference between education and intellect, she also basically makes the fundamental joke that the entire movie's premise is based on. Because the reason she said she wants to study psychology is because she believes that most of the problems in the world stem from a lack of communication. Which is so true, but that's a whole nother tangent. 
which is so true and is a whole other tangent, but is basically the entire underlying premise of this movie. (laughs) Because of a lack of communication between anyone other than Dale and Allison, everything else in this movie could have been resolved with a two-minute conversation. (laughs) Right. And they also reinforce the setup for one of the kills that happens later, one of the bigger kills. Yes. About that beam being not steady. (laughs) Indeed. Indubitably. Two more college kids just bit the dust. (laughs) And both of them very entertaining. Again, a lot of the deaths in this movie are kind of like poking fun at some of the -the over-the-top deaths in horror movies and slasher movies. But while they are outside... Dale and Allison are digging the the crapper hole, the shooter hole, the outhouse hole. And Tucker is running some logs through the wood chipper. Woody the chipper, as Mike saw as we were watching the scene. (laughs) It's all about the details. All about the details. So as one of the kids tries to run at Dale with a, uh, like a spear, conveniently Allison gets hit in the head with a shovel. So she gets knocked unconscious. So she doesn't see what's about to happen. Right. So he tried, the kid with the sort of like, spear that he made goes running at Dale, trips and falls, the spear kind of goes falling into the crapper hole, and then he falls on top of it and impales himself down on top of Dale. (laughs) Who's just sitting there screaming the whole time. As you would, because some kid is basically impaling himself and bleeding all over you. And then one of the other kids... I think with a nail or something. Uh, it's either a screwdriver or an ice pick. Something like that. It's a, a, a makeshift weapon goes running at Tucker. And then just as Tucker bends over to grab another log to throw in the wood chipper, the kid trips, falls, and goes head first diving. I don't think he tripped. I think he jumped. Like he lunged, he, oh, he lunged, lunged at, at Tucker <laughs> right as he bent down and just jumped straight into the wood chipper. <laughs> And then, of course, the other kids see, and then he grabs the kids' feet immediately. So the other kids see it as him, like, stuffing him in there. But he's, like, trying to pull the kid out of the wood chipper. And the wood chipper starts spewing blood on a couple of the other kids. And then the piece de resistance, just as the wood chipper safety cuts out and it stops halfway through chopping the guy out, Tucker's like, are you okay? So ironically, the whole spear thing was exactly what my parents always worried about every time I made a spear out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were going to put not put your eye out, but impale yourself? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I don't think they cared so much if I put an eye out. It was just the impaling part. <laughs> ironically, mm-hmm. I was not allowed many sharp, sharp objects as a kid <laughs> out of fear of my usage of the sharp objects. And the reason that is ironic is because I now own a large array of sharp objects. <laughs> yes. This was a few years ago, but one one night we we asked Mike just jokingly how many like knives or machetes he had in the house, and he literally filled his kitchen table with so many that he stopped, but I don't believe they were all of the ones that were in the house at that point. That is correct because I've actually done that for people a couple of times because they get curious. And every single time afterwards, I'm like, oh, yeah, and there's one that one. Oh, and that one over there. Oh, and, and I forgot about that one that's, that's in my kayak. And I forgot about this one over here, <laughs> inevitably. Yep. I like to collect them. What can I say? There are worse things to collect. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing that we didn't mention earlier is the amping up the creepiness of the character. We mentioned the hornets from the earlier scene. So Tucker got stung like crap all over his face, and he's just all like, puffed up and pussy so he looks even crazier now and because of all the swelling he can't talk right yes exactly so now he seems like he's slurring his speech even more and sounding even crazier if only they could have seen your face right there (laughs) so amping up the 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 craziness but yes we just had two of the i think the i mean a lot of the deaths are I'm using, but I think the wood chipper death is probably my favorite death. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Part, mostly because of the, are you okay? Yes. At the end. <laughs> and again, we talked earlier about this, but again, after with the, the beast off mic, but the bee stings in the face, again, Alan Tudyk's ability 
to do physical comedy yeah. uh, with his face, with the changing of his voice, and this the comedic timing of the, are you okay? Right. <laughs> and the way like he was struggling to pull the body out and just the way he was moving with it. And like you said, when you first brought it up, when he, after he first got stung and he was pouring beer on his face, and, he, and then he like yells something and it just like spear, spills out all over the place. Fantastic. Yes. Not Like you were saying before, not many people could pull that off. Yeah, exactly. And as they explain to each other what just happened, they come to the very logical conclusion that these college kids are on a suicide pact and killing themselves all around the woods. So that's Tucker's theory, and then Dale's response is, oh my god, that makes so much sense. It's just like one of my favorite jokes in the movie is just like the, the way that they both deliver that, that the, yeah. the silly suicide pack theory, and this the look on, on Tyler Labine's face is like, and it's like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. And really, from their perspective, it does, because all they're doing is watching these kids kill themselves. Exactly. <laughs> Why is it always on us? <laughs> anywho. Anywho. I have to say, just before we jump right back into this, this is a very funny movie. <laughs> there have been plenty of times when we have to, like, collect ourselves before we can start talking again because we're laughing our asses off at what's happening in the scenes in the movie. So the sheriff has showed up, and just before that happened... Tucker and Dale were talking about how they couldn't go to the police because the story would just be absurd. <laughs> yeah. In no way believable. And then, of course, the sheriff shows up and they try to tell him the story and the sheriff is not buying it because it's unbelievable. Even though As they're dragging half of a body. <laughs> as they're dragging half of a body and as Dale is holding on to one leg of that half a body for the entire conversation with the sheriff. And again, face acting and gesture acting as Dale keeps volunteering more information to make it seem even more likely that they are psycho killers. And Tucker just keeps like looking at him and like patting him on the shoulder like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) But then it ends up working out. Like the sheriff comes in and starts to believe him a little bit like, hey, guys, you're looking at, you know, best case involuntary manslaughter here. And that's best case scenario. And then he goes to lean on that beam that, that, that we had the foreshadowing before. Shut up twice early in the yeah, movie. They're like, no, 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 no. Nails through the head. He falls outside. And, and at first, you're, and, then, and then Dale, get, Tucker did it earlier, but then Dale gets to go, are you okay? <laughs> but then oh, he's, sh- up, he's walking around. He's going to walk it off. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he stands up. The nails are st- Stuck into his head. He's stumbling over to the car. <laughs> oh, he's okay. He's going to walk it off. <laughs> and that's it. That, that's the detail lines. That's what yeah. really makes a comedy is those little detail lines like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Gun safety, kids. Gun, Gun safety. safety. It's one of it's it's hilarious. You you can see it coming, but now the the sheriff tries to to call on his radio. Then he dies. So the kid that was sitting in the front seat of the sheriff's car, because the kids in the back are locked in the back of the car at that point, gets out and grabs the sheriff's gun, points it at them, pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. So Dale, ever helpful that he is, <laughs> says, "Oh, you got to take the safety off." And then Tucker turns him to like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> And then the kid starts fumbling with the gun and turns it, points it at himself, trying to figure out how to turn the safety. And Tucker's like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> shoots himself in the head. It's a PSA on gun safety as well as being a slasher movie. Never point the gun at anything you don't want to destroy. Exactly. Under no circumstances is it ever good to look down the barrel of a gun. And if you don't know how to turn off the safety, you should probably leave it on anyway. Exactly. The more you know. So after that kid blows his head off, Chad, air quotes, the leader, runs over, grabs the gun, and starts shooting him up. So Tucker and Dale go inside the cabin. They're lying on the floor to stay underneath the incoming gunfire. 
They start arguing over whose fault it is, with Dale being blamed by Tucker for being a good Samaritan and starting a whole problem with wanting the rest of the girl from drowning. And, and uh, Tucker blaming Dale, sorry. And then Dale says, no, it was because we went fishing. I don't even like fishing. <gasps> and then, like, in the middle of this, like, life and death situation where they're having this great argument, Tucker looks more, like, devastated <laughs> that his friend doesn't like fishing. <laughs> That's understandable. Despite all of the other things that are happening, he's like, he's just completely devastated. And then Dale's like, I'm sorry, did I hurt your feelings? And then Tucker's like, yeah, you kind of did. <laughs> and then they also have the uh, the cliche, the bad guy, quote unquote bad guy in this one, I guess, has a revolver, but is somehow shooting like 20 or 30 times with a revolver. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have the showdown with the the kid with the unlimited ammunition and the revolver is outside, but they are holding the dog hostage, pointing the gun at the dog, threatening... Never threaten the dog. Ever. Pets over people every time. Just ask John Wick. Exactly. Did they not learn the lesson from that movie? So they rig up... They rig up... What is it? A nail gun to a... Was that a compressor? I know nothing about tools. Yes. (laughs) Which is actually a little bit more realistic. Like in other movies, they just like pick up a nail gun and start pressing the thing like it can shoot like a gun. And that's like... Well, and he actually went through like he actually started the generator and then adjusted the pressure for the the air compressor. Actually hooked it up and everything the correct way. And they even have him holding the safety on it to make sure he can fire it. So gun depiction unrealistic. Pneumatic nail gun as weapon. Mostly. Mostly realistic. Yes. But the thing that we had to pause the movie to to talk about was, so Dale has the gun. Tucker is going around outside to sneak up on them, to up <laughs> behind. And he he's walking across basically woods in wide open view of anything. But he has a tiny little branch with a few leaves on it that he's holding in front of himself as if that camouflages himself. Camouflages him somehow. <laughs> And I didn't catch that the first time. I through. did not either. It's it's one of those movies. I'm sure that on repeated viewings, there, there are lots of little things. I'm sure that yeah. you would pick up. But yeah, I didn't catch that the first time and either. Just to show how funny this is, I'm dying. Like I'm crying, laughing over here. And I just watched this not very long ago. I watched it. Think maybe last month. So it's still relatively fresh. But it, you've you within watched, a week. Within it's a been week. within a week that I watched it, and I'm still crying, laughing at it. Yeah, as, as we mentioned in our like our earlier one of our earlier episodes, uh, spoilers and rewatchability. The rewatchability of this movie is is very high. Yeah, it's high, and it's still funny. It's like we know what's about to happen, right? But we're still catching little things. But even the things that we know are coming are still funny. Which is an issue with comedies when you know where the joke's coming, it's less funny. Mm-hmm. Most cases. But in this case, it's still hilarious. Especially since a lot of this is physical comedy, and usually, right. like we had mentioned during the Spaceballs episode that Reese had pointed out, that sometimes physical comedy just doesn't really work well on the rewatch, because yeah. you know, it, it, sometimes it's a once-and-done type of thing, but it's still funny in this movie. So a lot has happened since we last checked in. <laughs> I know, it's been a while. <laughs> It's not been a while for you, but it's been a while for us. So, things have escalated. Tucker was captured by the kids, hung upside down in the woods to be rescued by Dale, had his bowling fingers cut off, that will come back later, and then they had a big powwow back at the cabin where the kids tried to come rescue Allie, who was confused because she doesn't need to be rescued, but was accused of having Stockholm Syndrome and identifying with her captors. Then they tried to have a little peace summit over some nice Earl Grey tea facilitated. Not chamomile. Not chamomile, because he's allergic. That'll it come fu- up. It fucks with his asthma. It fucks with his asthma. That will come back later. So they try to have a little bit of a psychological sit down and hear each other side of the story. And neither one of them actually talks about the story. <laughs> neither one actually talks about the story. Chad tells his uh, fucked up family history. Also will come back later. Uh, they douse the cabin with uh, gasoline, and then the other two kids try to come in to rescue them with a was that a weed whacker? Yes, a weed whacker, which he funnily, which he basically cuts off funnily, funnily cuts funnily. off funnily, funnily 
cuts off one of the other girl's faces, in which case his reaction is, why didn't she duck? Why didn't she duck? <laughs> and then somehow a fire got started. Oh, uh, oh he, he threw a lantern at the mist. Then the kid and started the kid started the one guy on his on leg fire. on fire. Well, oh, sister leg! And then the other girl throws moonshine on him. He's like, no, 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 not that. <laughs> which cut? Which starts more fire? Stop, we, drop, and roll. Yeah, <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. And then in the corner, you see like all of these cans of gasoline and stuff. And Tucker's like, I probably should take care of that. <laughs> should move those outside. <laughs> and then boom, the cabin explodes. At this point, we believe. That everybody except for Tucker Dale and Allison are alive, are the only ones who survive. But anybody that's watched the slasher movie knows the <laughs> bad guy always survives. The bad guy always survives. And at this point in the movie, I almost wanted to bring this up earlier, but we were talking about this off mic. In most horror movies or slasher movies, one of the things that they usually get criticized for is that the non-white characters die first. Mm-hmm. Or are among the first to die. And the bimbos. And the bimbos. Yes, the non-white characters in the bimbos are almost like immediately killed. They are actually among the last people they to die. They are the last. Of, of the, that we've seen so far. The leader, Chad, which we will see later, survived the cabin explosion. But the uh, Spoilers! Spoilers! Oh no, I gave away the ending already! So yeah, all of the other, they were the last characters to die. So there was a black girl, a black guy, and then the bimbo chick. Actually ended up being the last three of the rest of the cast to die. Or in most horror and slasher movies, they're the first to die. Yep. Yep. So in the setup for the penultimate scenes of the movie... We got the heart-to-heart talk of Tucker and Dale after they tried to flee and ran the pickup truck into the tree. Tucker is basically left seemingly for dead at the side of the road as Dale needs a pep talk to go rescue Allison, which is actually kind of a nice, funny part of the movie. Where the whole thing is like, you're smart, you're strong, and you're not as ugly as you think you are. <laughs> I mean, you are. <laughs> I am. <laughs> but he isn't. But he isn't. So yeah, it's a nice little like little like best friends forever thing, and then they go to like shake hands, and of course they shake with the hand that the guy has his fingers cut off of, <laughs> and he winces in pain. <laughs> but it's a nice little pep talk moment, and then I like the whole thing is like, come on, Dale, she needs you more than ever, especially when she, she keeps falling down and getting knocked unconscious. But. <laughs> <laughs> But it really is a good heartfelt conversation of like, hey, man, you got to think positive. You got to go after what you want. Yeah, life's and short. Really, you could see two lifelong friends actually talking to each other like that in that situation. That's mm-hmm. that's really what makes this movie good. Yeah. And even in like the silly little bullfrog catching story about how yeah. he like lied and told the other one that let him catch more bullfrogs, but he really didn't. He was better than he thinks he is. I mean, it's corny, but I mean, it, it don't like linger on it too long. But it, it shows that the movie has some feels to it, right, some right. sentiment a little depth. to it. Yeah, this depth to it beyond just the the slasher horror stuff, which is obviously the vast majority of the movie. Yep. So we're about to have the final showdown at the sawmill. The final countdown. Oh wait, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing. Showdown at the sawmill or lumber mill or a mill with saws and lumber. Stuff. <laughs> so what we're saying about uh, education and intelligence? <laughs> so I like the, I mean, it's a, it's a brief scene because it, it's abandoned almost immediately. But it's like, he's like, you want a killer hillbilly? I'll give you a killer hillbilly. And then he kind of like dresses up like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dude. <laughs> Storms into the... The sawmill freaks Allison out because she gets scared and he and then immediately then takes off the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and like you would say, going into that scene, it was like the sort of like cartoonish cliche of she's literally tied to a log and being fed into the like giant circular saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there'd be the, more cliche on that one. Then in the penultimate part of that fight scene, he manages to somehow throw an axe that cuts the ropes so that they just completely fall off of her. <laughs> a single part of the rope <laughs> that was wrapped around her numerous times, and somehow it all just falls off enough that she can get out of it easily. Exactly. Because that's how ropes work. Exactly. 
And then, of course, they get chased upstairs. They find out the new uh, newspaper story that Chad... Gasp! Huh? Gasp. Gasp! That Chad is actually half hillbilly! He is actually the bastard son of the Memorial Day massacre killer that he was talking about earlier. So they, he says, well, that doesn't matter. And he tries to attack them. And they use capability to disable him. And they're like, well, he'll be fine if he gets his inhaler. And then he falls out the like barn door to his death. And then they just look at him and then they close just the close doors. Close the doors. <laughs> <laughs> movie ends we find out that they're going to what looked like a suicide pack was actually the work of a deranged killer everything's fine tucker's in a hospital all hopped up on prescription drugs he got some fingers back but one of them doesn't look quite right looks like they sewed one of the girl's fingers on one of his fingers <laughs> you gotta use what's available sometimes use, whatever man. parts are available you can't be picky can't be picky it wasn't her pinky it was the ring finger it was yeah one of them one of those things yeah it can't be you can't be pinky that's where I was going there you go (laughs) so then Tucker starts to chastise Dale for not asking the girl out and then we find out hey she asked him out for bowling or something and then they're bowling and little a little joke there at the end where like Dale encourages like one of the other hillbillies to not be afraid to go talk to one of the girls and then like in the background while other stuff is happening he knocks one of the girls unconscious with a bowling ball and starts dragging her away and Dale and Allison are like, should we help her? Nah, whatever. <laughs> yep, that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. And then they end with uh, end on a little kiss, and that's the movie. Yeah. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So what'd you think? I liked it. So one thing in an earlier conversation we had about this movie made me think of a question. I told you earlier to start thinking about it. What is your favorite all-time slasher movie kill? I'm going to have to pick a scene from this movie because before this movie, I don't know. I've seen a lot of horror slasher movies, but basically like over 30 years ago. I saw like most of the Friday the 13th franchise, most of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, most of the Halloween franchise, a couple of other one-offs here and there, but it's probably been a good 20, maybe even longer than years mm-hmm. longer than that. So I'll just go with the wood chipper. The wood chipper. Wood chipper it's scene. a good one. It's, it's, a, it's good a good one. scene. Again, not only because it's a great slasher movie kill, but again, the way that it ends with, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would pick. How about you? My favorite actually comes from Jason X. Okay. Which is, if you're not aware, it's the Jason in space. Without balls. Right. <laughs> so in that, in this scene, like he was trapped in a simulation. And the simulation was of Camp Crystal Lake, circa the 1980s. And there was two girls that were camping, and he walks up on them. They're like, hey, would you like to, to have some have a drink or smoke some pot or maybe have some premarital sex? And they take their shirts off, and they get into their sleeping bags. And you just see him like start walking towards them. And then it cuts away to another scene, and then when it cuts back, he's got one of them in the sleeping bag, and he's beating the other one. With the with the one girl, and just over and over. But then you hear, "Ow, ow, quit it, stop!" Because it's a simulation; they're not real. They're just beating him over and over and over again until he like sees somebody off in the distance outside of the simulation. He's like, "Oh, somebody else is there." So then he just takes the one, swings her, hits her a tree with her, <laughs> to break her in half, and then keeps walking away. That is my favorite slasher movie kill of all time it's been a very long time since i've seen jason x but that was a funny scene yes that that was a good scene i have to say that (laughs) so yeah this movie though i again it's still funny i just watched it within the last week still hilarious all the jokes hold up there's feelings to it there's a little bit of depth to it it's still lighthearted through the whole thing it doesn't get too deep Mm -hmm. it's a simple story it's easy to follow it's just a fun movie it is a fun movie. Very entertaining. I mean, it's one of those rare movies that actually is liked by both critics and the audience. I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's in the 80 percentile, 80 percent or above with both audience and critics. That sounds about um, right. Which is about right. I mean, again, it it is what it is. It doesn't try to be more than it is. And it plays on those simple beats that drum of that joke of misunderstanding while also kind of poking a little bit of fun at the genre itself. Yeah. 
some of the deaths are like that. But yeah, I think it's a, a really good movie. Like you said, it holds up well. Jokes remain funny. It's it's really f- it's a fun movie to watch with friends. Yeah, because it, it's just ridiculous and funny, and you can mock it and make fun of it and yes. everything, and joke with it the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to watch alone because then you can catch all the little jokes that are in the background, the little comments that are made that just that's that's the cherry on top. Yes, exactly. And I think I for years they talked about. And I, one of the things I was thinking about going into this was about how if two different actors had played the leads, Tucker and Dale, I'm not sure if it would, would have worked as well. But I also think it's one of those things where its formula isn't probably terribly repeatable. They tried for years to work on a remake, and I think eventually they did write a script, and they just decided to abandon the project because the script that they came up with at least wasn't very good. Right. I think it would end up like Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, it's one of those things that it just it's good as a one-off. Shouldn't try to make a franchise out of it or or just a sequel they, or They could do a sequel, I think, where, you know, they're somewhere else or like we ain't going to a cabin in the woods. This time we're going to a beach or something like that and then do like a jaws thing or I don't know. They could do it and it would probably be a little bit funny, but there's no way they're they're going to match this. No, I would agree. This was definitely a solid movie all around and definitely something that you can come back and watch again and again. As you know, we've watched a lot of movies together. I usually don't laugh during movies. True. Like when we did South Park, you repeatedly looked over me. It's like, what's wrong with you? You're not laughing. You have almost no sense of humor. I have almost no sense of humor. I was laughing a lot. Like I said earlier in the recording, just before we went to hit the record button, we had to take a second to compose ourselves right? <laughs> before attempting to record. So if you have not seen Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, well, we just spoiled it for you. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it in a while, highly recommend it. I give it four out of five machetes. I give it four out of five wood chippers. That's huge. That's a, that's a lot of that's that's a lot of wood chippers. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of. Why wood would you ever need five wood chippers? That's bad. That's that's too many wood chippers. That's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.